Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment, and it's hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. So my guest today is, he's just known as one of you know Australia's most trusted experts in property, investment and lifestyle. He's got quite the repertoire behind him. He's an investor. He's an author. He's also a podcast host. He's a speaker and a media commentator, uh, but it doesn't end there. So alongside his wife, he is the co-founder of Know How Property Finance, where he helps people to live by design, not by default, just the way he does. His name is Bushy Martin. Welcome, Bushy. Awesome, Phoebe. Yeah, that's a, a great rap. I'm feeling about 10 feet taller now, thank you. So uh, <laughs> you put me in the, in the right space for this great conversation. Was there anything I missed while we're at it? Or? <laughs> no, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. Uh, humility is one of my things. So I, uh, I, I get embarrassed when you talk about uh, talk. About oh, I'm like sorry. That. I don't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> I was going to list all your achievements, but we'd never get around to all my questions. So, you know, we'll leave that for another time. Exactly. Awesome. But thank you for somehow finding the time to have a chat with me today. Absolute pleasure to meet you. Luke's spoken very highly of you. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Luke as well. So the, the feelings are completely mutual there, Phoebe. Oh, I love that. Now, Bushy, with a repertoire like that, it's um, it's hard to figure out where to begin, really. But let's start at the start. As I said before, you're one of you're known as one of Australia's most trusted experts in property investment and lifestyle. So, when did that interest in property investment start for you, and and why property? Yeah, that's a great place to start, and and I've I've had a couple of goes at this. Uh, one one bad, and and one really good. And I guess my, mm-hmm. my initial interest in property began when I was sitting in my father's car driving around looking at blocks of land when I was a kid. Uh, my father, uh, being a country boy and, and the original, original bushy senior, uh, he realised that he could buy some block of land and then, and then on-sell those blocks of land before he actually settled on them. So uh, by osmosis, really, the, the whole property thing started to uh, impact on my thinking. Didn't do anything with it mm. at the time. And I'll be honest with you, I was, I was bored sitting in the, in, the, in the car driving around on weekends doing all of this. But in the back <laughs> of my mind, I think there was a seed that said, well, there's got to be something to this property thing. So uh, mm. that that started the exercise, and and you know when I got serious about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the end of the question and then come back again here for a minute. But sure. why property? Well, really simply for me, and and I, I've had a, a really good hard look at this at a number of times during my life. Uh, in terms of a vehicle that's going to allow you to build wealth uh, and leverage other people's expertise and other people's money, uh, there is no better vehicle in Australia than property. You know, I've, I've, I've done the research. I know that you know, uh, with the same amount of money down, uh, property is going to give you three times the result than, than shares just by the, the act of leverage. 
but it's also because it's a real tangible asset and something you can touch and feel and it has a real need. I mean, that, that's that's mm. what I love about property. It has a real need. And as long as there's going to be uh, people needing properties to live in, there's going to be opportunities in property. So property was probably the the obvious exercise uh, given that, ex- that, that rundown. But the interest in property investment uh, really happened in two phases. So uh, I was an architect for 17 years, and uh, the danger with that, of course, Phoebe, is you think you know it all. Uh, and the reality right. is now, because I, I knew all about property, because you know, my focus yeah. was on the property piece in the, in the first <laughs> exercise, uh, and I, I learnt the hard way that that's only a very small piece of the whole equation. So uh, as an architect, uh, my first entourage into the property investment piece was to do a one into four uh, development, uh, townhouse development in good mm-hmm. old Alice Springs, would you believe, uh, where I was working wow. at the time. And uh, if there was a way to, to pack in as many mistakes as you possibly can, that's exactly what I managed to achieve. So uh, rather than starting slowly, dived in deep, we uh, did a one into four. I did it in conjunction with three other partners. So th- there's mistake number two, by the way, uh, because we had oh, no okay. prenup or, or no uh, agreement. We just all thought this was a great idea and we're all going to make a heap mm. of money. And we're architects, because so three of my partners uh, and I were architects. The fourth one was an actually a, a developer himself in his own right. Uh, so we were going to, to uh, design and build this Taj Mahal that was going to be so much better than every other property you could possibly uh, look at in Alice Springs that we we're bound to make a million bucks. Right. And uh, what a massive mistake that was. So uh, <laughs> we, we uh, design was great and it looked, looked fantastic. But in yeah. terms of the numbers, appalling. We, we spent oh, too much no. on the wrong things. The market changed in the time we we're doing the build, so uh, we couldn't sell them. Uh, then one of the parties had a divorce, so that created all sorts of challenges. It, it was a, in a nutshell, it was a fiasco, uh, Phoebe. Uh, but uh, like most things in life, uh, the, the best learning curve in terms of what not to do when it comes to property. So that, that was my first endeavour, and, and I sort of licked my wounds for a while uh, after mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, the the second exercise, and I, I like to, to talk about my life in two halves, Phoebe. So there was BC okay. and there's AD. And BC <laughs> okay. was before my early life crisis and AD, unfortunately, <laughs> was after my divorce. So uh, the if I look at that, I've just, just described the, the BC component, which was how not to do it. Uh, right. After my divorce, and I, I'm, I was a uh, born perfectionist in those days and I'd worked very hard. I used to work seven days a week, 14 hours a day for years on end. No wow. great surprise. I'd burnt a marriage as a consequence of that. Uh, mm. I, you know, all my own fault, to be honest, uh, because I just didn't put any energy into anything but work. Uh, that was a massive learning curve for me because I never thought I'd end up in that position. And it really got me thinking about what do I need to do differently not to make the same mistakes again. So you know, I, I call it my uh, Howard Hughes years. I, I use the excuse of doing my master's in business to really mm-hmm. spend some time getting to know who I was. What's, what's between my ears? What, what are my thinking processes, my self-beliefs, my outlook, my expectations? So I, I spent more time in counselling after the divorce than I did before because I really wanted to get to understand who I was and, and what made me tick and what was my why. So wow. that was really important. 
and and from that perspective, at about the same time, I had what I now call my Kiyosaki moment, where I uh, a mate of mine dragged me along to a Robert Kiyosaki conference in Adelaide, uh, where I was at the time, and uh, got to see him live, and it was an absolute penny drop moment, Phoebe, because okay. I'd never forget him saying that the moment you make passive income a part of your life, your life will change forever. Totally resonated. And overnight, I became absolutely what I now call passive aggressive. I was absolutely aggressive about anything I invested my time, energy, money and had to have a passive income uh, opportunity attached to it. So uh, I virtually saw the world completely different from, from that point on. And that's when I got serious about property investment and starting to do it properly. Still, still made a heap of mistakes, by the way, in the early days. But mm, uh, that was uh, pretty much the, the journey to what has led us now on that, that living by design, not by default exercise by starting with the indie mind, getting clear on what that looks like, looking at your capacity, and then developing a GPS that would allow you to uh, navigate the inevitable changes, speed bumps and lumps and, and whatnot along the road to now mm. en- enjoy a, a fantastic lifestyle where I get to talk to fantastic people like you. Oh, stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> what a fantastic journey, though. And and who was it? Robert? Robert Kiyosaki, he, he, the old rich dad, poor dad. I mean, it was a, it's a timeless oh, classic. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Gotcha. You know, I, I mean, I got right in. I, I, after seeing him, I read all of his books. I, he's got a fantastic uh, board game called The, the Cashflow Quadrant, uh, which teaches you about in, investments. So I, the whole family, my, my mm. new wife and, and my son, we all got playing it. So it just infused the whole uh, right way to look at investment into our, into our brains. And uh, given that start, uh, we haven't looked back since. That's so interesting. I'll have to check out the board game. I, I definitely knew about the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but the, the board game sounds fun. Might have to get that for the office. <laughs> but that may have answered my next question, Bushy, which was who or where do you think you get your drive for success and your work ethic from? It sounds like Robert Kiyosaki maybe contributed to that quite a bit, but are there any others? Yeah, two things. So, you know, he wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I actually had three dads that, that have inspired me, Phoebe. So, my own father was a, a a bit of a role model in that regard. Yeah, uh, he 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 was a workaholic, uh, and I was you know he was very much my role model, so I followed him. My right. uh, now life partner uh, Sonia's father was also an inspiration. He was a Hungarian guy who arrived here in Australia with nothing to his name uh, after escaping the Russians in in Hungary during the revolution in fifty six. And he, wow. he did amazing things. He's now passed on, but his inspiration and his limitless approach to anything, it was like, uh, just have a go. What's the worst thing that could happen if you don't die? Uh, rub yourself mm. off and, and have a crack. So he, he really inspired me in that regard. And then Robert Kiyosaki in terms of really understanding how investment needs to work. Yeah, wow. And so it sounds like you're surrounded by amazing people and looking up to the right people as well. Well, yeah, and the, the mentorship is an important part of this, of course. Now, I've, I've, I've yeah. attached myself to other mentors along along the journey and in the context of what we're talking about today. I, I think the mentors can not only show you the way, that, but also keep you accountable uh, uh, because, you know, you've got to know what you're doing. But if, if unless you're having to look someone in the eye and say, well, yeah, I said I was going to do this, now I've done it then uh, things can go astray. So uh, th- those, my three dads, if you like, in that respect, mm. have been uh, very formative in the approach that I've taken ever since. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So do you have any sort of most memorable investments and that can be good or bad, maybe aside from the one that you mentioned before that you went in with with your friends? Yeah, well, I've shared the bad. Uh, and so my <laughs> first was my worst uh, in no uncertain terms. Uh, yeah. I, I, one takeaway message here, I think, is that uh, for uh, your listeners is that you are going to make mistakes and it's actually mm. okay to make mistakes and they are your biggest learning opportunities. Don't, yeah. don't make the, the even bigger mistake of making a mistake and then washing your hands, walking away and never doing it again. Uh, because mm. if, if we all took that approach, we'd, we would uh, still be crawling in nappies because uh, we'd never walk. We'd never learn to ride a bike. <laughs> it's when we fall off that we, we actually learn what we need to be doing. And mm. exactly the same with property. Uh, we are going to make mistakes. You can't expect to uh, know it all. In fact, the, the biggest issue that most of us have when we start in property is that we just don't know what we don't know. And yeah. uh, it's, it's by having a go. Uh, you're not, never going to get it perfect. There is no perfect solution and no perfect property. But if you uh, start the process, uh, you will improve your knowledge along the way to make that happen. So that, that's a bit of a, a key, I think, in, in that context. But from a, a, on the flip side, the good investment side, our, our first serious investment when we, when we started in the AD exercise uh, mm-hmm. When uh, at, at that stage we became rentvestors before rentvestors were even a thing. So we'd, we'd learned by, more by accident than anything that we were going to be better off uh, renting a property close to where our work was at the time, which was close to the centre of Adelaide. And given that I'd had a ground zero moment, when I lost my marriage, I, I was literally came away with zero. I had, had nothing to mm-hmm. my name at the tender age of 33. Uh, so we had to work pretty hard to, to make it happen. And, and uh, you know, putting that first deposit together was the first challenge. But uh, the first property we bought, which we still have, uh, is a, a property in Aldinga Beach, uh, south of Adelaide. And we Beautiful. bought that for the, it was a three-bedroom home that we bought for the princely sum of $84,000, would you believe? Ugh. Corner block, a uh, really good location. Uh, and and we, we, you know, there's a lot of talk now about off-market properties. Well, uh, we, we just walked the neighbourhood, saw the property, and I said to my partner, Sonia, we're going to own that property. I just feel it in my bones. Uh, wow. So we tried to, my uh, wife, Sonia, she's very innovative and uh, she managed to track the owner down in Vietnam and uh, we managed to uh, buy it from him off market effectively, uh, yep. which, which was the, the start of the process. And since then, we've, we've done some major renovations to that property that haven't cost us a lot of money, but we've pretty much doubled the footprint of, of the property. And at last valuation, that, that property is now worth just under a million dollars. So wow. uh, that was one of the very good ones. Uh, and again, we made a few mistakes early on that we, we managed to learn from. Uh, in more recent times, the, the, the better examples for us have been new build properties because uh, you know, there's a lot of people who poo-poo the new build space. But mm-hmm. if you're buying the right property in a scarcely held area that, that is quietly, quite tightly held, then because of all of the uh, advantages uh, from a tax appreciation perspective, in terms of that ongoing holding cost and the cash flow side of the equation, those new build properties performed extremely well. So we've got a growth growth vehicle that's virtually not costing us anything because we're structured in such a way that it, uh, it, it you know it's not negatively geared, it's not not burning a hole in their pocket while we're we're mm. waiting the 
uh, 15 years plus to really get the fruits out of the the property at the end of the game. Yeah, well, and that first property that you mentioned, that, that was that's always been an investment property. You never lived in that one? Yeah, no, it's, exactly. So we, we rent-vested. Uh, we did actually yep. move back into it at one stage uh, for a period of time. My, my parents, uh, they've now both passed on, but it was fairly close to my parents' place uh, in those days. And we actually moved in there for a period while uh, we supported and, and cared for uh, dad and then mum before they passed mm. on. Uh, so we have had uh, a period when we were in it. And again, that was the benefit. Uh, that was more, again, by accident than anything else. But it mm. just meant that we were able to be very close to mum and dad when they needed the support. So we, we were there for a period, yet. So that one, that one holds a slightly more special place in your heart. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a great yeah. location. It's a hundred meters from the beach. Uh, it's in a, oh. it's in a, a scrub location, so it's and it's it's very tightly held. So it's it's mm. proved to be a, an absolute winner. And there's been a lot of new infrastructure that's occurred in and around supporting that area over the years. And every time that you know a major road goes through or that super schools and whatnot have been built in that location. We've seen jumps and spikes in the in the growth and the value. So it's been been a, a really good property yeah, from way to go. Mm, no, well, thank you for sharing that. And just going back to, you know, you will make mistakes, 100% you will. But, you know, having a mentor or having several mentors can definitely mitigate those mistakes because you can go in with a more educated view and a more educated perspective and, and all that. So there's, that's definitely something we're teaching our, um, our members here. And I'm, I'm sure you do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Mentoring is a really important part of the, uh, the exercise because mm. uh, you can't expect to know everything. Uh, and, you know, I often say to people, uh, try and make yourself the dumbest person in the room and then ask as many questions as you possibly can because that's where the real learning happens. Because if you're talking to yeah. people who have actually done what you're trying to do uh, and have gone through that journey and have made the mistakes themselves, then you're less likely to. But you've also got someone who's going to keep you on track. And as I say, that, yeah. that accountability piece is also very important from that ongoing support. Have a burning question you want answered on an upcoming episode? Each month, we take questions from our listeners and put them to our resident expert, Luke Harris. With more than two decades of residential and commercial investment experience under his belt, Luke has seen the best and the worst of the property market. Visit investorintelligence.com.au forward slash questions and ask us today. So you're involved in quite a few podcasts yourself and, you know, you're talking about learning before, but um, tell me a bit about the Get Invested podcast. Yeah, the Get Invested podcast, I, I started uh, nearly five years ago now, we're up over 250 episodes. Uh, wow. And I, I made the decision at the time, Phoebe, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of straight property podcasts. I wanted to throw yeah. the net a little bit wider than that because uh, mm. uh, one of the, the key learnings that, that came out of it early uh, by taking a broader approach was that it reinforced my uh, growing belief that sustainable success, and I emphasize the word sustainable there because there's a lot mm. of uh, you know, one-hit wonders and overnight sensations that uh, sure. you might get lucky, but, but it isn't sustainable. What I learned mm. is that sustainable success lies at the intersection of self, health, and wealth. I, I call it the three elves. 
Uh, and uh, what I mean by that is that the self is what's between your ears, your mindset, your outlook, your expectations, your, your attitudes. And that's yep. something that very few people spend much time on, by the way, because they're always externally focused. And the, mm. the biggest risk you have as an investor is yourself, in my uh, experience. Yeah, you are your biggest asset. Yep. yep. So once, once you spend some time on getting your headset right, uh, then what mm. folds into that is the health component. And what I mean by health is the daily disciplines, the rewarding rituals and the happy habits that you develop. Uh, and that can be through your exercise, through your diet, through uh, you know, breathing, through uh, the, the whole exercise. But all of those help you to uh, build the habits that will give you the patience and the persistence that will then ultimately fold into the wealth quadrant. So, mm. you know, I, I talk about self-help and wealth as a three-legged chair. You need all three to achieve sustainable success. If you ignore mm. any one of them, the whole house of cards will collapse. So sure. uh, that was a, a really in, important learning uh, that got reinforced as I talk through uh, Get Invested. And Get Invested, for that reason, throws the, the net out broadly. There's a, there's a very strong undertone of property and property investment uh, in the discussions. But uh, I like to incorporate the self and the health components of it uh, for uh, the audience to understand that we need to be focusing on all three of those if we're going to achieve mm. sustainable success long term. Yeah, we do something very similar in the sense that we're very heavily focused on property investment, but every now and then we'll have a guest who may not be directly involved in the industry. Um, for example, we had a journalism scholar on recently who I asked to come on and talk about how the media industry works and the news cycle works. And that's because media hype plays such a huge part of the property world and you know, it can affect how secure people feel in their investing journeys and what step they take next. Um, so it may not seem property orientated, but it still it still has its ties. Yeah. But your podcast really is dedicated to having successful investors as guests to discuss their tips and advice. And, and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, and you were saying that you've learned something from all of your guests, which is fantastic. So over that time, what are some of the best pieces of advice that you think you've heard from your guests over the years? Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm a, I'm a lifetime learner. And, and one of the things that I really want to encourage everyone uh, listening to this is to be a lifetime learner. Unfortunately, our education system thrashes the, the curiosity and the excitement of learning out of us. Uh, yeah. But if you look at anyone who's been uh, successful long term, they are all uh, lifetime learners. So you're always, yeah. uh, the, the curiosity is a really important part. Uh, there's no such thing as a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask, in my opinion. So mm. uh, don't be scared. Just ask the question. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Someone will say no. So just keep mm. asking the question and keep learning. And and that's, I mean, the, the podcast, the Get Invested podcast, and now I'm, I've got the, the privilege of hosting the Realty Talk Show, which is the longest running and most popular, popular property show in the country. And it's mm. well over 500 episodes that have been produced through that. Kevin Turner uh, is still part of that in the background, but he's doing doing other things. And uh, I was very humbled when he's given me the opportunity to to be the anchor for that show now. But it's really interesting, uh, Phoebe, that uh, you know, and I've talked to some fantastic guests. If we talk the property space, the likes of Pete Wargent, Simon Presley, Stuart Weems, Eliza Rowan from CoreLogic, Peter Kalisos, the property professor, Shane Oliver mm -hmm. from AMP, who's an economist that 
that knows a lot. Narita Connorsby, uh, Andrew Morello, uh, who was uh, part of the Apprentice years ago, who's very active in yeah. property. And then the likes of Scott Agat and Chris Gray, and there's a whole bunch of uh, people in the property space. Just We've to also name a few, had the yeah. opportunity to talk. <laughs> yeah, that there's there's some awesome guests, and yeah. also because of the the uh, the the broad net of getting invested, I've also had an opportunity to rub shoulders with the likes of Paul Roos, who was who's an AFL superstar player and then coach mm. for the Sydney Swans, uh, and the likes of Alan and Barbara Peace, the the body language people. Um, and I've really had. Uh, a, a real privilege of talking to some fantastic people. And it's really interesting, though, that there's some very consistent messages that, that aren't attached to one person, but they keep mm. uh, occurring. And I, yeah. if we boiled it down, the, the, the obvious one is the self-health and wealth exercise. But if we get into the property space in itself, that the resounding message is, is that there is no silver bullets. Uh, mm. Success in property is about wealth by stealth. It's a yep. it's a long term journey. So that that is point number one. The second exercise is that uh, property is actually the last thing that you need to be looking at. You need to get the principles, the people, and the process right before you even start to think about the property. And so that's pretty much turning it on its head for most people because most people just go straight to the property because that's the that's the exciting bit. But if you haven't yeah, built object. everything else yeah. around it, then that's where you start making mistakes that you don't even know you're making. And what folds mm. out from that is really the other great learning uh, from from the guests and, and my own journey is that property is very much a game of finance. It's very much about the numbers. It's about the mm. strategy. It's about the structure. Uh, it's about capacity. If you get mm. all of those things right first and then uh, get buyer ready to get into the property space, you're going to do a lot better. And the, the other really key exercise is that property is very much an elite team sport. So uh, you, oh, you're yes. not a player. As an investor, you're not a player in that game. You, you need mm. to be the, the owner and the manager of your team and you're, you need to get the best of the best in each position. And if we you know, align that to a, a – I'm a bit of a, an AFL fan. Uh, if you align that to uh, a game of football, then you want to have the best player in every position that's playing your game strategy to kick your goals. And the only thing you need to be doing is managing them uh, not doing the do. You know, the, the other old mm. analogy, of course, is, you know, if you were going to have uh, a life-threatening um, brain tumour removed, you wouldn't go to Bunnings and grab a scalpel and some cotton wool and, and some methylated spirits and have a crack yourself in front of the mirror uh, You'd hope not, yeah. <laughs> uh, you would actually go and get the, the very best medical team around you to make sure that that was a success. Well, the, the, the resounding message from all of those guests is exactly that, that it is an elite team sport and you need to surround yourself with the best of the best in, in each and every position to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good way to, and clear way to look at it and – you're right. Even Luke's always saying there's no silver bullet. There's no magical recipe. There's no unicorn property. You know, it, it is about doing all that, that work beforehand. But you have had Luke on, um, who our listeners will obviously be very familiar with, um, on your own podcast. Um, two fantastic episodes. I really learned a lot about him um, that I didn't know. And I said before, I'm not surprised that you had to make it a part one and part two, because that man can talk the house down. <laughs> but we, lo- we love him for it. You can imagine him and I together. It's, it's no wonder oh, it spanned over two episodes, because we're both like that. It was so nice to listen to. Um, but what is it about Luke and the property mentors that you think sets them apart in you know what is quite a competitive industry? 
Yeah, as you know, I play a lot in the space, and I get to talk to uh, you know most of the players in the game actually. And mm. what I liked about Luke and the property mentors, it was uh, the approach is very much in alignment with uh, what we personally do, uh, and the yeah. approach that we take to uh, people that we help in a similar regard. And what I mean by that is that it's a very holistic, comprehensive understanding of the entire end-to-end process. Number one. Uh, and you know, using Luke's expression in his book, the the property fit, that's exactly mm. what you need to be. And being property fit isn't just about the property; it's about you know, if we if we relate it back to my my analogy of the three elves with the self, health, and wealth, that's a, a really in, important part of it. And so, what I like yeah. about Luke and the and what I could glean from talking to him about the property mentors is that there's a focus on the key elements of inspiration of information. And most importantly, the implementation part of the exercise. And it's about developing the skills, the mindset and the knowledge before you actually start to grow the, the property portfolio. So I think that mm. that is, is, is really key. And I think the eight-stage GPS uh, that, that uh, property mentors have developed is also pretty unique. So, you know, aligning yourself with who you are and what you need to do and, and understanding what your why is and uh, yeah. the key drivers for yourself clarifying that, planning it, then putting the team together, then then you take action. Then once you've taken action, you observe how that's performing, you review it, and then you repeat. Those those eight stages are very much in alignment with uh, what I personally believe and the, the approach that we take. So I think that, that supportive guidance and then the uh, ongoing accountability that Property Mentors brings to the table actually is a, a really solid grounding for people to uh, rub shoulders in a community of other like-minded people, do it in a, mm. a, a circle of safety and, and have uh, you know, people who know what they're doing about and, and have done what they're asking you to do to uh, support you on that journey. Yeah, that roadmap's so powerful. Like we, we find even though people have different goals and you know they, they might need to uh, approach something slightly differently, that roadmap still seems to be that really solid structure. And I think... Uh, you know, our our version of yourself, health and wealth would probably be like, you know, our emotional readiness, our educational readiness and the financial, like a lot of people think I just need the finance to, to do this. No, you actually need the education and you need to learn about your emotions and all that beforehand. And it's the same thing if you don't really hone one, the others the others just don't fall, you know, totally they, don't, agree. they don't really work. Yeah, a similar framework that we talk about is is getting raw with yourself. And if I break raw down, it's it's about are you ready, able, and willing to invest? Mm. And the the ready to invest is about your uh, income buying capacity. Your able is about the equity you can bring to the table. But the willing is about the mindset. That that's yeah. that is the the key piece that not enough people understand themselves first. No, and get really clear on, well, how do I want to live? How much is enough? Mm. What sort of an income and a lifestyle am I looking to, to get to? And then once the, you're clear on that, because very few people take any time to even get clear on that, by the way. Uh, but once yeah. you're clear on that, that then dictates the sort of strategy that you need to adopt to achieve that. So starting with the end in mind and then developing a, I call it a GPS rather than a roadmap because our life needs uh, change, sure. the circumstance and situations change. So as long as we've got that guiding GPS that's taking us back to that yeah. ultimate destination uh, and then and then really uh, looking at yourself in the mirror pretty often to understand what are your drivers, you know, what sort of a risk aversion do you have? 
Uh, mm. What's the sleep at night factor for you? How much time do you have to actually uh, invest in the investment strategy you're adopting? Because if you don't have much time, then you need to adopt a strategy that reflects that. Uh, mm. And I, I see people make a lot of mistakes in, in that area. So yeah, that's that's very much in alignment with my understanding of what the property mentors and Luke uh, are doing in terms of uh, educating people on the right way to do it. Yeah, and that and it happens all the time where people's circumstances change and it frightens them. But that's another job of the mentor is to be like, no, like we've just got to take a slightly, you know, right turn instead of that left turn that we wanted to take. And I just, I just don't, I couldn't think of another way to get into property investing without having a mentor. It would just be too, it'd be too overwhelming. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, you're in safe hands if you're in the right crew. And, and you know, as I again in alignment with what Luke's saying, there is no silver bullet. There's no one way. It's what's the right no. way for you, and then surrounding yeah. yourself with the right people that are going to help you get there. Yeah, yeah, no, well said. So, Bushy, the property industry is going through quite distinct changes at the moment. From your own experience hosting a podcast and discussing this industry with your own guests. What do you believe could be some of the challenging or exciting things that will happen in, with the Australian property industry, say, in the next sort of 12 months? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bit of a contrarian, Phoebe, so mm. I love times like this. Uh, I get most excited in these types of environments, particularly where the mainstream media is painting a picture of gloom and doom that is right. really causing a lot of people to sit on the fear fence uh, or you know, stand on the sidelines and not too sure. It's uh, the, the old, well, let's wait and see. Well, these are the prime times to take advantage of. Uh, you know, yeah. unfortunately, what we learn from history, Phoebe, is that we don't learn anything from history. And uh, I'm old and crusty enough now and have been around long <laughs> enough to know that times like exactly what we're experiencing are great times of opportunity. And I actually mm. believe that we're in the eye of the property storm right now and that's a diminishing window of opportunity as we speak for those that are smart enough and still have the capacity to be securing good quality properties right here, right now. You, you've heard that old Warren Buffettism that you know you, you need to be uh, fearful when people are greedy, but be greedy when people are fearful. Well, we're right mm. in the fearful zone right now. Uh, the the yeah. one thing that I would suggest everyone do is stop listening to the nightly news and, and just use the, the uh, newspaper to wrap your chips and, and throw your rubbish away. Uh, beyond that, I wouldn't <laughs> take any notice of it whatsoever uh, because it's, it, if you, it's the old story. If you swim in a septic tank uh, for long enough, you're going to get a head full of SHIT. Uh, Phoebe. Mm, mm. Uh, so the <laughs> best thing you can do is is stop doing that. Uh, turn to uh, information sources that you know and trust and yeah. who are active in the space that you're doing. Because my own belief is that we've just come off, you know, the last two years with a COVID catalyst where we've poured petrol uh, on the whole property industry. And it's no surprise mm. that the compressed spring of property is overextended. And of course, what happens, it's, it's going to come back to equilibrium. So we are going to see, uh, you know, the, the really key thing right now is, and it should always be this, by the way, but in the last couple of years, it's because of the FOMO exercise, people have just bought any property just to buy a property. Uh, for, for me, it's always been about focusing on quality properties. So you've got to look mm. at quality areas and quality properties. So properties that have uh, investment grave that have 
owner-occupier appeal. And uh, if you're focusing on that uh, and then making sure that uh, even though we've seen this massive spike of growth, you know, that, that was the second highest property boom in the 230-year history of the country we've just experienced, Phoebe. Wow. So that, to, to put that in context... So, uh, and we've seen anywhere between 20 to 50% growth in property values across the board, which is very, very rare uh, yeah. against the, an average growth of around about 6.88% over the last 25 years or so. So uh, what it's done is effectively for B-grade locations and B-grade properties, it's brought forward a heap of capital growth. So we're likely to see that flat line now for an extended period of time. What we mm -hmm. need to be focusing on, uh, if you've got the capacity, is areas that are, have got new committed infrastructure that, that aren't there yet, but they're coming. They've got uh, new and diverse industry and employment opportunities that are coming to that location. Uh, they have the lifestyle parameters around them. And most importantly, they have strong uh, income demographics and growing income demographics. So people can continue to pay more for property as the property values increase in that particular location. So if you, mm. if you overlay that over where we're at right now with a number of people that are sitting out of the market uh, because they're a little bit too nervous and the interest rates and, and so-called falling properties, be very careful of uh, you know, that reliance on uh, median property values because they can be very misleading. The devil's in mm. the detail with property. And if you, yep. if you find the, the right location with the right property that has some scarcity and uniqueness about it, then you're going to create your own economy. That's about as, as simple as that gets. So ignore the ignore the noise, uh, because if you look at the key drivers moving forward, they've all got those opportunities. Uh, we and some of the leading indicators of property opportunity are very low uh, rental vacancies, and we, we've seen the lowest rental vacancy almost in the history of the country in recent times. Mm. Uh, and then we're about to pour 195,000. Uh, new skilled workers into the country every year as a result of opening the floodgates. Now, that's going to put massive delayed pressure on, on housing. So for those that can get into it now and have the, have the right team around them that can identify those sorts of growth opportunities I'm talking about, now is a ideal time to take advantage of it. Mm. Yep. Well, you heard it here first, people, from one of Australia's most trusted experts in property. <laughs> but yes, be very critical of the news you're consuming Um it's crucial because these days anyone can be a quote-unquote journalist. Yeah, and, and everyone's an overnight expert. And it's, it's created this self-feeding -feed, frenzy, unfortunately, Phoebe, because yeah. uh, you know, you've, you've had the media guru on recently. But what's really clear is that uh, the, the mainstream media are under massive financial pressure themselves. So their only way of engaging mm. our earbuds and our eyeballs is with fear. Uh, yeah. and, and extremes yeah. and, hype. and then mm -hmm. what happens is you've got these chest beating self-promoters who are uh, prepared to say anything to get some get some uh, profile and press uh, mm -hmm. so you you get all this negativity floating through the equation ignore all that uh, look ignore the fiction and go to the facts and talk to people who have been there done it and are doing it and you'll mm -hmm. get a completely different story yeah I've always said one of the you know the best things about the rise of the internet is that everyone gets to have a say but one of the worst things is that everyone gets to have a say <laughs> very well said <laughs> extremely yeah. well said
<laughs> so, Bushy, before we finish, I, I ask this question to all guests who, who usually aren't mentors specifically. Um, and, the, and the question is, you know, if you were a mentor, what would be your key piece of advice? However, um, in addition to you wearing many hats, you are also a mentor. So as a mentor, what would you say or what would you believe to be your key piece of advice for our I'm, listeners? I'm going to give you three, Phoebe. Oh, uh, please go for it. Number one, uh, and I've said this already, continuously question and constantly learn. So Love, you yep. never, never kid yourself that you know it all because you don't. Uh, mm. So you keep keep that curiosity uh, top of mind uh, because you're always going to improve if you do that. Secondly, and in the spirit of the three elves of self-help and wealth that we've spoken about, uh, firstly, know yourself first. Know your why, mm. start with the end in mind, and then get really clear on your beliefs, your attitude, your outlook, and your expectations. And then under the health arena, develop the happy habits and the rewarding rituals that are going to give you the patience and persistence to go the distance. Thirdly, uh, then you need to give yourself plenty of TLC. And I don't mean it in the normal form, but I'm, but if we align that with the self-health and wealth exercise, then mm. uh, yes, give yourself plenty of tender, loving care in terms of your self-understanding firstly. Then right. give yourself TLC under the health regime as far as developing the trust, loyalty and consistency in your approach to life generally through your daily disciplines that will then allow you to achieve uh, and embrace the TLC of wealth, which is understanding that success in uh, wealth and in investing in property is about embracing time, leverage and compounding as the secrets. So uh, when I, what do I mean by that? Time, it's all about time. So success is going to mm. take at least 15 years. So you Embrace yes. time as your friend. Don't see it as your enemy. Most people are so impatient that they want it to happen yesterday. If you accept it's going to take 15 years and then you get out of the way and allow it to happen, then you're on the right path. Then leverage. Leverage other people's expertise and other people's money because that's going to be key to making it happen. And, that, and you know, surrounding yourself in an elite, elite team uh, and recognising that property is a game of finance are important components of that. And then finally... Uh, understanding embracing the magic of compounding because mm. growth is exponential now what does that mean that means that for years you're not going to see any results whatsoever but stick to your knitting and if you go the distance it's you know most of the growth happens in the last 20 percent of the of the journey and that's that's a thing that not many people have got their head around so if you embrace all of those mm. things uh, and recognize it's it, time is actually your friend and then you've got to take some time now to use your time you've got to get your time back then you're on the right pathway. Oh, I think that's all so well said. And I know our listeners are going to find that just so, so incredibly valuable. So Bushy, if people want to know more about you, where, where can they go? Yeah, a couple of, couple of directions. So uh, you can reach out to me at bushymartin.com.au, which is a personal website address. Our business, yeah. Knowhow Property, uh, knowhowproperty.com.au. Uh, if you're looking for uh, you know further support in relation to strategy finance and the uh, property delivery side of the equation, and then of course uh, check out the uh, Get Invested podcast and the Realty Talk Show, which now have actually come together on what what's called the Property Hub. So if you just search mm. for Property Hub and you subscribe to those, you'll get uh, the Realty Talk Show and the Get Invested podcast in your uh, inbox every week. Yeah, amazing. Well, Bushy, thank you so much for your time today. What a pleasure to meet you and to learn more about you. Um, again, Luke has spoken very highly of you, so I was very excited to have you on as a guest today. Um, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. 
Yeah, very humbled and uh, an honour to, to join yourself and Luke in your community and look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Phoebe. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.